0: Hi everyone, this is DJ, and Allison,
1: and welcome to
0: Neon Nonsense.
1: This episode is sponsored by Ventex Technologies.
0: Okay, we are live in the city. Live from our studio corners, it's DJ and Allison. In the closet. You're listening to Neo Nonsense from Two Closets.
1: (laughs) Two closets now. (laughs) Yes, dear listener, you've heard right. Allison is now in a place that does not echo.
0: (laughs) And And I'm not ruining DJ's life anymore, hopefully. Hashtag not ruining
1: DJ's life. It's it's sounding (laughs) wonderful. We hope that... It will be pleasant for your ears. In our first episode, we mentioned finding inspiration and mentorship in places that were unexpected. And for this episode, we thought we'd go over a few of those with you, dear
0: listener. Hey, DJ, do you want to go to the Neon Library with me? Yeah. And by library, I mean my, like, 15 Neon books and your library of, like, probably 50 books. I feel like your collection is much larger than mine.
1: Well, it's, it's like, the, probably the same Neon books and then, like, a bunch of architectural books and then a bunch of, like, sci-fi art books and then, like, <laughs> uh, books about circus art and books...
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well if we're discussing adjacent <laughs> books, then my my library has also expanded yeah. significantly. Yeah. But but I did yeah.
1: pick I picked the ones that were relevant for this time.
0: Yeah. I picked a couple too. You I go first. Like, you picked. you picked okay. one. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I wanted to focus on sharing something that was really helpful for me first starting out when my ability to bend was so intermittent, like, I'd be able to be in someone's shop or what have you. And so uh, the book that I highly recommend that everyone have a copy of is called The Neon Super Guide, subtitle, Complete How-To Manual by Randall Kaba. Sad fact, I learned that he died in 2019, which is a bummer because we actually overlapped in life. And RIP. I would have loved to meet him. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. So... A couple of things I wanted to read from this book. I really like his first two rules of thumb. And both of these tips are about actual bending. So again, this is the strange mentor that I found, which is just a book about literally how to bend, because sometimes you just need a second or third suggestion on how to bend your tube. The first rule of thumb when bending is to begin bending the inside first. This helps prevent bending oneself into a corner. People who have had any practice bending probably already know this, but one of the ways I like to describe this to new benders is that the glass kind of only wants to go a certain way. Like, you can't just force the bend to your will to go to this spot on your pattern. So it's really helpful to have books like the Blazek ABC book, so you can learn the order of how to put your bends. And and back to this first rule of thumb, that's when you're bending a letter A, there's just a number of steps that you take, no matter the font usually, to make that letter happen. So I really like that f- rule of thumb is to just remember all the time, always start on the inside so that you don't bend yourself into a corner.
1: Indeed. Yeah, I remember watching uh, the other benders and shops bend and some of the things that they would make wouldn't look like complete gobbledygook until the very last bend. And then it turns into a donkey, or it turns into <laughs> a dog. And it's like a magic, yeah. it really is like a magic trick. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and
0: this isn't even like learning to skip be- skip bends, which is kind of a more advanced thing that as you progress in your bending career, you'll be get better and better at. to. Avoid bending yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I had to do some of that today, and I'm notoriously, I notoriously am short on those bends when I bend ahead. Um, so I'm always trying to like give myself extra space, even though I don't feel like I need it. I know I always do. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but w- you know, when you when you're doing a curve and that curve ends in electro double back, which means the The electrodes comes back off the table and then back above, hovers above the the tube down below it. Um, You need that curve to really exist already. You can't then put it back into the fires with that electrode right there and expect it not to crack off. Um, Sometimes you get lucky, but you're throwing a lot of stress onto that glass when you do that. So today I had to bend the glass in the curve I needed it to without bending with a little straight bit at the back so that I could, um, put the electrode on, double back it, and then smooth out that straight piece to, to kind of create the full curve. And I was still short. (laughs) So I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. I recently watched a YouTube video of a, of a gentleman. I think he was Australian or possibly English, but he used his, his blow hose to measure
0: Oh, yeah, that's how I measure.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I've didn't. i never seen that before. That was pretty cool.
0: Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. anytime I, I use it to measure the width of the curve. Yeah. I never understood people who could just, like, ter- take their tube and set it on the circle and, like, spin it around. That's what I Is do. That <laughs> how you measure? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how you can even do that. Well, yeah, obviously, it's not
1: working c- very well, so bloop, I need bloop. to find something
0: else. Well, I need to find an additional thing for that because i usually am too long i i there's something about the way i'm measuring with it that i give myself too much space and then when i finish my curve my last bend is usually a little bit funky so i need to like something in the middle dm us let us know yeah someone help us (laughs) which is actually funny that you say that because that's the second rule of thumb from the neon super guide which is the first rule of thumb is bending the letters from the inside first and the same is true for curved letters if there exists a ribbon fire curve that aids in forming the inside of the letter bend it first so mm-hmm. if you're doing like you just described a circle bend mm-hmm. that circle circular shape first
1: mm-hmm. yeah like if you're doing a D you do the, the swoop of the D first and then you bend that straight part down into right. the, the curve yeah for sure or the same thing yeah. goes with a P or an R
0: Yeah, Um, which I will say, if you can't get a copy of those Blazek ABCs, the Neon Sweeper Guide does have a few letters with those exact directions on which components you start, where you start on the letter, and then where like the order of the bends. I will say, not to be a Debbie
1: Downer or like a contrarian, but i i bought I bought the reissue of the books when they came out what they were reissued yeah briefly they were reissued um oh. in in like three ring binder form it wasn't like bound or anything it was just oh, like that's so, all they come in something what i have something that came th- it was like through a museum or something it happened like last year um i think it was on the facebook page or something but um i got up got them and i was super stoked to to read them and a lot of it seemed really counterintuitive um, I I don't know if I had just already been past the point of like learning uh, order of operations and had my own you know from my various mentors my own style yeah, it of does. it. But I yeah. felt if, if I I I don't know everything just seemed kind of backwards and I ended up selling them because I didn't really uh, use them and someone else was like missed the deadline to get. Their, their, their thing, and they were learning, like, just really um, new to it, and I was like, I don't need these. I, I'm kind of not, actually, I'm not impressed by those diagrams.
0: <laughs> that's actually really interesting because I feel like maybe – I feel like to your point that maybe it really isn't helpful for a seasoned bender. I I found that it was a really helpful place to start when I was teaching myself because, again, I like, I visited several shops and got a bunch of training, but, like, I was just in my studio – blowing through glass learning myself and so it was a really really helpful starting point but I definitely make my letters in a slightly different order now but in general follow ways to not bend myself into a corner so I feel like maybe that's a good commentary on those books actually because it's a super duper good starting point but like if you're several years in and you feel pretty comfortable with making letters maybe it's not the book for you
1: yeah yeah I I remember having that Having that reaction and just uh, being like, well, going to get my
0: money back. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's also really helpful for people who might have taken a class but have returned to my shop to, like, practice. And it's a really, really helpful reminder of how to get started again. Yeah. And it's really helpful to literally trace them and then have the order of the letters written down and things Mm -hmm. like that. But again, like, as a seasoned vendor, you realize only like half of those work on a pattern because they all connect a different way than the pattern is drawn mm-hmm. in that book or mm-hmm. a slightly different lettering style you know yeah. it. so I think ad- adapting to your pattern is the one thing that those letter books don't teach very well right they're very rigid yeah yeah
1: for sure that's a really good that's yeah that's a really good point um my contribution my first uh thing I'd like to share that kind of like I I don't know if it really inspired me or I learned something from it but I kind of felt simpatico with it and it it kind of reminded me of something that I used to give out to my metal students when I taught metalsmithing of lists of things that you weren't allowed to use that were images that were just very like passe or trite or something that you know had been used a lot already Um, and this is comes to us from the Neon News which Uh, was a 90s to early 2000, no, I think it was just, yeah, 90s. It was a newsletter that you could sign up for that Eve had mentioned earlier in a previous Mm -hmm. episode that came Mm with neon-colored covered paper, which is adorable. I Um, love it so much. This one comes from number four, uh, summer 1990, 1990, Uh, if you are interested in reading these, they are amazing. They're really interesting time capsules, and I have learned a lot from from just reading them. They are on Facebook. You can go to the Neon News um, page group on Facebook. Um, it did just recently get changed to a private group, so you have to ask to be admitted. Um, but I don't. I, I assume they were just getting a lot of LED spam, like we do on the on the beginners page all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And our personal pages as well, uh, just to clarify that. Dear Lord, so many. All right, here we go. This is called Deadly Neon, a lethal dose of art criticism. (laughs) Joe Augusta teaches an art-oriented glass bending class at UCLA and was once one of the last graduates of the Igani Neon School in New York. In a recent phone call, we discussed teaching design versus actual bending, and Joe was emphatic about the problems students have getting past stereotypes and trite images, especially in the classes he formerly taught where the students only designed and didn't bend glass. The accompanying list is part of the handout that he gives the students on the first day of class. Judging by the number of palm trees, flamingos, and cactuses out there, We should have a nice pile of flackmail to pass on to him. (laughs) The list is palm trees, rainbows, lips, coat hangers, flowers, bicycle, shoes, hats, shirts, pipes, cigars, cigarettes, cameras, parrots, flamingos, all birds, fish, crabs, lobsters, cows and horses, unicorns, rabbits, dragons. Guilty on unicorns, camels, whales, <laughs> frogs, sharks, mice, all cats and dogs, coffee cups, cocktail glasses, eyelashes, teeth, hearts, wine bottles, pizza, spaghetti, bread, hot dogs, hamburgers, steaming chicken. <laughs> that okay, okay, circles, That's triangles, amazing. squares, any geometric shape, com- complete or incomplete, stars, shooting stars, moons, planets bubbles, suns, and clouds, waves, and lightning, planes, trains, cars, boats, guitars, electric bass, acoustic bass, <laughs> trumpets, saxophones, and pianos, chairs, beds, tables, desks, light bulbs, barns, skyscrapers, cityscapes, houses, and Greek columns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that list is extensive. It is.
1: It's pretty amazing. Um, I love this article. It's pretty long, um, but the end of it is is just amazing. It says remember what you see think and feel can be expressed in neon but the medium has its pitfalls and traps that can lead to a terminal case of banality unfortunately we carry these things around in our heads and they will stop us from finding our own voice therefore they are to be avoided at all costs and will be prohibited from this class
0: that's amazing
1: it's amazing okay it
0: reminds me of something non-neon but it's something that i always think about my partner went through a Basically a fancy masters program and one of their rules, their first class they all basically go through a boot camp where each there's like a group of 3 or 4 and each have a role and they have to basically build a video game each week, like one video game a week. And they have a rule that says no first person shooters. Nice. So if you think about any video games no matter your knowledge wide or narrow, If it's a video game, you're probably shooting something or like exploding something. And so it's a really interesting Or taking pictures of Pokemon. Or taking (laughs) pictures. I mean, I guess that doesn't really mean first person shooter. You're not like You're shooting shooting a camera. You're shooting a camera. Okay. Touche. Touche.
1: But I I like
0: the concept. I love it that it was like in this like neon neon curriculum too of just like take a moment, think for yourself think of how to express yourself it's so cool i i wish i wish that was an easier sentiment to like spread with the neon crew maybe it is i don't know
1: well it's what it's what sells right it's not necessarily what the neon person wants if it's a flamingo it's like you're making flamingos you're probably selling flamingos to people in florida or something
0: you know something or a restaurant a tiki tiki room right
1: yeah pink Mm -hmm. bathroom (laughs) It's all about who the client is. I mean, for me anyway. I mean, with my art, it's obviously a different story. But yeah, um, <laughs> same. What you got next for me? Would which hit me with some knowledge?
0: Okay, uh, I have one more quote from the Neon Super Guide that I want to share, and it pertains to making patterns, which kind of goes back to my previous excerpt also. And it's kind of helpful. It's not quite as fun as, like, a list of random inanimate objects. But, <laughs> you know, it'll, like, get the learning juices flowing. It's important
1: me. to know about patterns. <laughs> it's not glamorous. Just, like,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I find these uh, hints helpful because especially if you haven't been making your own patterns, it can be kind of a daunting task to suddenly be like, oh, I kind of have to make this 2D image slightly helpful for using a 3D ex- medium and multiple points. Anyway, so for the Neon Super Guide, helpful hints for making patterns. One, begin with simple block letters and then advance to the script and fancier letter styles. Two, use an erasable pencil or inexpensive paper. Butcher paper is sometimes used to make patterns. Three that's what I use. Yeah same. I use that and a brass screen. Three use a compass to draw round circles and again a little anecdote here the naked eye can tell when your circle isn't perfectly round, so the more if you're making a perfect circle, the more precise, you can make your pattern, the more likely your circle will be precise. Number four, or you could just use a bucket
1: that's in your shop,
0: or a bucket. (laughs) Honestly, I use I've used a bucket. I've used like the lid to my vegan cream cheese. Yep, Uh, yeah, anything that's perfectly round. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number four, use French curves to aid drawing irregular curves. Draw freehand curves from the inside. It's more natural than drawing from the outside of the curve. The final helpful hint. Number five, use a light table to reverse the pattern. Mm. Light light shines through the paper pattern, making it easier to transfer the image to the bending material or to the paper on the back. Simply trace over the design with a marker so the ink is visible through your screen. You can also use sheets of carbon paper, but they are kind of messy. So I, I actually, if I'm printing a pattern... I use GIMP and I just turn it around and I print it backwards so I don't have to trace it and I don't mess up any of the lines that I've already drawn. Because for me, sometimes I'll like finish a piece and notice it's a slightly crooked and it isn't because my pattern wasn't straight. It's because I redrew my line a tiny bit crooked and mm. it's so annoying. Ugh. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for me, it's more like I trust my f- my f- myself more than I trust my ability to to draw something super accurate on like if it's a really complicated font i'd rather pro- project it on the wall trace it the way that i'm gonna mm. eventually do it and mm-hmm. just do it all at the same time instead of editing it on the computer mm. then putting it on the wall and tracing it and then reversing it like if it's yeah. if it's something really easy yeah i reverse it if it's really simple but if it's yeah, like totally. calligraphy or something that I'm gonna have to really work it out, like work out the yeah. the pattern, like the the process one two three four five bends, I'm I'm just gonna trace the image and then work from that.
0: I, yeah, I actually do the same. The sim- the simpler ones, I print backward. Yeah. The more complex ones, I I also use an overhead projector and trace it. Yeah. I also have one of those light pads, and they're handy for smaller patterns. The, actually, the super guide has a suggestion on how to make yourself a gigantic light box if you so choose, which is kind of cool. Cool. Because it's kind of annoying to have to use this, like, 11 by 10 tiny pad and, like, move my pattern around a million times. The school, uh, when I went to ECU, there was this one area of the, of the
1: school building, art building, that had a huge glass window. Ooh. And you could just tape it up and, like... Yes! It was just, like... Vertical light box. And I prefer that because you can really see it. Like, I think yeah, that's same. the uh, the other thing I like about the projector is it's on a wall. I can stand mm-hmm. back. Like, if it's on a table, I have to get on a... I have to keep... I'm so short. I, I have to get on a step <laughs> stool to see it right and to see if it's centered yeah. and to see if it's sent, like, my center line and stuff. So, yeah, it just... It just uh, seems to make more
0: sense to... Yeah. I mean, I I too have to sit on a stool if it's on a table. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's why a lot of vendors probably still use a overhead projector. Just get hey, you get the vibe, see where it's placed. Because like also,
1: for like you know, this just always happens. I know what thirty inches approximately looks like in my brain. But oh, yeah, yeah. unless you like see it, if I'm, I, because I'm a visual learner, unless I see it on the wall, I'm gonna go, oh, that's too big for the space. The picture they sent me in my e- email, and I won't catch that if I just print it out of and I just like, you know, sure. there's there's always like this. I always fuck it up. I just always fuck it up. <laughs> there's never a time where I'm like, oh, that's the perfect size, and I did that correctly. The like, it's always it's always off when I don't do it projector and do it analog I don't know why yeah
0: the other thing I struggle with is if I just need to blow it up I always forget to account for the diameter of the tube and then I always get the wrong and then it's like gigantic and then the lines are also gigantic so you have to compensate and then I end up hand making it anyway
1: (laughs) yeah so what I do there is I will draw a center line through everything and then oh, I'll smart. use, and then I'll use this. I'll use a clear tube, the diameter that I need. That I need, and then I'll, I'll basically put the clear tube on that center line, and then trace each side of it like a little tick marks, and then the yeah, whole, yeah, yeah, The whole thing will look like, uh, you know, like dotted lines, and then you just connect those lines.
0: Yeah, that's how I always. That's how I do my curves. Yeah. Because if I have a straight line to a curve, I'll use the tube to go do 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 do. For our listeners, I'm. Gesturing a tube in circles with dashes, do, not do, do. just a do do do. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely say do 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 while drawing my little dashes. Yeah,
1: yet another little gem that I've learned. Mostly, uh, I think first through Morgan actually, but then it was reinforced by this book. It's called Glassworking for Luminous Tubes by Henry Eccles. Robert mentioned it in our last podcast. It is a book from.
0: It
1: just feels so. It's from 1937.
0: Not, not, yeah, not our terrific friend Percy Eccles, a different Eccles. Yeah, that was totally
1: uh, <laughs> uh, my ADD brain going, Oh, squirrel! Same last name.
0: <laughs> but they're both terrific. Both both people are terrific. Epic Eccles. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so there's a few things in this book, but I'll, I'll I, I kind of put them down to two. Um, there is a really wonderful prologue that I thought was kind of eye opening for me because I you know people I think they, I did have a couple panic attacks when I first started this um, venture into neon mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you're watching people around you close shops and sell stuff or get sick and is this a viable place for me to invest this much yeah. time and money is it? <laughs> is it going to be around much longer um, yeah. you know these are all really valid questions that I was having and Truly. This, this book that was written in 1937 34 um, 37 uh, kind of opened my eyes to this so the prefaces um, the advertisement value of neon is undisputed The lack of skilled labor was in the first place a responsible factor in the failure at the outset of several Neon concerns. Anyone capable of making even a mediocre attempt at the glass working requisite in luminous discharge tube displays was put to the work. Poor quality resulting in short-lived jobs made customers rather dissatisfied and anything but enthusiastic about Neon, and the consequence was decrease in demand. So in 1934... We were already experiencing a downturn in what we love to do. So it just made me feel good in a way that it's constantly Mm. ebbing and flowing. There's a change. It's going to be constantly changing.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like the other implication there, which I feel like you and I may have talked about in the past, is that some people just weren't good enough at it yet and churning things out that weren't quality. Well, right. You have Maybe? you have
1: like secretive people that d- d- weren't yeah. giving weren't giving real information to people, so they could go start their own shop. So people were trying to learn themselves without the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you have and al- like
0: some of the books we have without those helpful things too. Yeah, you you
1: you uh, you end up just being like Frankenstein in your garage, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that that one's always kind of stuck with me. Just to be kind of like, you know, it's always going to be having its ups and downs. And then also to keep in mind that the the best way to keep neon going as as something that people have positive associations with is to make good shit, mm. make good quality stuff so they have a positive experience, and and they don't have to call you back fifteen times to fix a, f- a thing that you that wasn't pumped or wasn't done properly cuz mm-hmm. you don't maintain your pump or something. Like you just it's it's the it's the reputation of all of us, not just not just one sign. And then it's they're going to so go true. and then they're going to go over to LED and then we've lost another yet another client. So
0: yeah. Keep up the good work. <laughs> yeah. Good job everybody. And honestly, honestly, good job to anyone who's learning like yeah. It, it really is, it really is difficult. You really experience, I, okay, this is my own point of view, so anyone else, whatever. I just feel <laughs> like we experience more failure in our first four years of making Neon than like the average human deals with in a big slice of their lifetime. Like, <laughs> it just, like, the ratio was so high, and if yeah. you can push through that failure of like struggling to learn to gla- bend the glass well, you know, it's it's like, I don't know, hats off to everybody who's mm-hmm. been doing this forever and who's pushing through and who's sticking with the learning process, truly. Absolutely. We love you. We love Neon and you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, your turn. Well,
0: speaking of failure... <laughs> Actually, no, I don't have a good failure. Well actually no, I do, but I think we might end on that one. So we'll, we'll come back to it. Uh I'm here to offer a little tip from a little book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it's not really a little book. Our one of our favorite books is the Neon Engineers Notebook. Boop, boop. It's written by our friend Morgan Crook and Jacob Fishman. Boop, boop. I highly recommend it. It is extensive. It is detailed. I sometimes like to describe it as almost like someone printed the most helpful blog in the whole world. Because it has, like, yeah. a whole chapter on Ruby. Just how to make use it, pump it. I highly recommend this book. But I just want to share a little teeny tidbit. And it's about bombarding. So for people who haven't started bombarding yet or people who are seasoned bombardier. bombardier is it something else? I don't know. <laughs> you when you bombard a piece, you typically put a piece of mica, which is a mineral a mineral, right? It's a mineral?
1: Oh yeah. Sexy mineral. Beach a sexy mineral. Mica's my favorite.
0: It's so terrific. It's like flaky, so you can like peel it yeah. apart. It's it was really always my favorite
1: in like whatever class you got to mess around with rocks. I was always like loving it.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's so great. So that's the traditional thing you put between tight bends. The goal there is to keep your electricity from shooting through your tubes. Is a short version. So, helpful tip from the Neon Engineers handbook is using Teflon a substitute for mica. In what? several shops that I know, in several shops that this author has been in in the Chicago area, they've been using Teflon instead of mica when bombarding in eighth-inch thick sheets, the only drawback sometimes is we need something thinner. Again, if you've pumped before, sometimes those bends are real tight. Are you? It's are very... you ever
1: bending something that has less than eighth-inch distance?
0: Sometimes. Well, I I've definitely pumped other p- people's pieces where I'm like, I'm Ooh. definitely gonna put some pressure in here by putting this mica in it, and it's tight. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, It has very high dielectric strength, is flexible, doesn't break down with age or burn, and in general, just lasts forever. It's available at many plastic supply houses, as of this writing. It also makes me think of another shop I visited where they actually use Kevlar instead of mica in between their tubes. So now I want to do a, like, side-by-side, try Teflon, try mica, try Kevlar, see if any results vary maybe not i guess that i guess if we don't have a shoe through so yeah i only
1: use mica because i have i have a i happen to have a really beautiful vintage packet of it that i just happened to pick up at the antique store <laughs> that i had <laughs> in a drawer somewhere back from metals days it was so beautiful of course you did it just says yeah, of on you and did. those beautiful letters was a little um, paper envelope it was great i would have no idea what it would have been used for um but yeah, Michael Lampshades, like if if you oh, wanna go down I want that. If you wanna go down a tangent on um, Instagram, oh Michael lampshades, everybody. Get with it. Let's go back oh, to the thirties. To...
0: <laughs> Don't send me there. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> 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 That's
1: awesome. Uh, well la, speaking la, la. of speaking of Morgan and Jacob, um, my uh my next suggestion that everyone Mm -hmm. pick up is um available at west coast custom neon it is thank you steve thank you steve we're really grateful for you um he has so much stuff there it's the best website i think on the internet
0: i love the background never change it Steve. seriously like seriously he's really accommodating he has a great selection as dj has mentioned I can't plug him enough. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Steve.
1: You can get the handbook there, notebook. It's true. Get the notebook there, and th- there is a DVD for your sale, which I know uh, seemed to be a media of the past. But just get yourself, <laughs> get yourself an external hard drive. They are it's out true. there, or CD yep. drive. And they're super cheap. Super, they're super cheap. cheap. And they have, it, they're USB now. That's great. It changed. The, the way that I understood what the fuck was happening inside my manifold. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really 90s. It was done by the ISA, the International Sign Association. Um, it says, learn how to properly prompt neon tubes. This instructional video demonstrates a variety of processing techniques produced by the ISA. This neon processing guide DVD minimizes the guesswork that goes into preparing and pumping neon tubes. And it's in English and Spanish. And it's 35 minutes. And it's $47 plus shipping. Perfect. And it's worth every penny, y'all. And you get to see baby Morgan and baby Aww. Jacob. And it's adorable. And I have it. I did put it on my computer and I just have it on there now. And every once in a while I'll... Because before I had my sh- actual shop, I had my manifold in my closet. Just sitting... On my bench, on my table, so that nothing would hurt it. Like my cat wouldn't jump on it, (laughs) my dog wouldn't do something stupid. Like nobody would put their hat on it. Like nothing could happen to it. And so I would watch this video, and I would pretend to pump something on my manifold in my closet. Oh, (laughs) T J. Oh my God, they're so. It's so pathetic.
0: (laughs) I love it so much. Oh my God.
1: So, uh, yeah, that, that DVD was really helpful. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Jacob.
0: Friends, this Thanks. is how much we love Neon. ISA. That's not obvious. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was so terrified. I was so terrified of, of that was a thing I was so scared of because it was the one thing I hadn't learned yet. So, it just, it was a complaint. Yeah. And it was the thing that, could, it's the thing that could kill you. I mean, immediately. The fastest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Immediately kill you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um Yes, highly recommend it. There's also something called by Jacob Fishman that I haven't actually personally looked at, but I'm sure it's amazing. It's um, an introduction to neon. So it talks about designing, tube bending, bombarding, pumping, and final assembly. Um, and I might actually do a little shopping right now and buy that.
0: I know. I found another book by, the, by Randall Cobb, and I was like, oh, guess I need to bulk up my library.
1: Also, great gift idea for Christmas. There's a thousand-piece neon sign puzzle.
0: I need to buy that, too. It's actually really cute. Maybe I gave it to my grandma last year. <laughs> Maybe that happened. Maybe I did do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I have one last quote that I wanted to share with our listeners, and I feel like... It's kind of like neon adjacent. It's not really specific to neon. But kind of back to my pep talk earlier, I just wanted to talk about how great it is that if you've started to learn to make neon, that if you're sticking with it, you're a badass, like, in a good way. We're here for you. You're doing a great job. We're, We're here, here for you. you. Yeah. And so I wanted to share this quote by Ira Glass. And the reason I want to share it is because especially those of us who are artists who are either both making signs and art the reason it's hard to keep with it sometimes is like it's not always easy to make the thing you're envisioning in your mind a reality in the world and certainly not the caliber of what you envision it and so this I actually keep a copy of this printed on my wall in my shop as a reminder this is a quote from Ira Glass Nobody tells this to people who are beginners, I wish someone had told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. For the first couple of years you make stuff, it's just not that good. It's trying to be good, it has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer, and your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase, they quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out, or you're still in this phase, you gotta know what's normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to, to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's gonna take a while. It's normal to take a while. You've just gotta fight your way through. So Hell yeah. Especially for Neon. You've just gotta fight your way through. Yes. Yes. Today, Keep on keeping
1: on. Today I had some Mercury Rose teach me that lesson.
0: Oh <laughs> She's a she's a delicate one. Phosphor. Absolutely. <laughs> also, old phosphor, yeah, old mercury.
1: Yeah, it's old. It's old shit. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, there was like three different parts that just started. You know, you're you're doing this bend and it's turning out really good and you're like, sweet, it's gonna go good. And then it starts turning really dark, but like, not on the outside. And you're like, but stop, but stop it. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and growing and growing. And <laughs> you're just like, oh. until you have to cut out an entire letter. That's awesome. And it was probably just a bug that crawled up and died in there.
0: Oh, buddies.
1: Dickhead. Uh, Dick. Edit. (laughs) (laughs) Edit.
0: But I like the dick bug. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, dick bug. You can't take me anywhere. No. It's fine. I accept my fate. It's true. You can't.
1: That's true. Um, one last little technical thing that I wanted to share. It's in the um Henry Eccles book again. Um and it's about splicing, which kind of took me a while to learn. No one really told me told me taught taught me about splicing in the way that like you have to gather glass. Like it was really interesting. it, It was really like I remember Greg would say something about like how you have to just make them kiss. I just like this like little like thing about making them like you know not pushing too hard which of course you don't push too hard but like um that's
0: hilarious because that's exactly how i describe it so i'm eager to learn something here yeah so this is um principles of
1: operation first principles uh the straight weld or splice having mastered the preliminaries an attempt on the first principle of neon tube working may be made this principle, it may be remembered, is known as the straight weld or splicing the tube and is used when two straight pieces are required to be made into one longer section. The utility of this process is too obvious to require further preamble. <laughs>
0: Shit! <laughs> oh, damn.
1: That's awesome. For, uh, it's just like, okay, we're going to stop uh, talking getting about it. spicy. Obviously, this is important. Move on. Um... <laughs> The ends for joining together must be regular and square cut. The further end of the left hand piece must be sealed or stoppered, while the right hand tube remains open for blowing purposes. Now we would put a hose on that. After right. warming the ends... Put a hose on it. This is That's another thing that pe- I don't think a lot of people... I don't think I was taught. I had to just learn this. I always put my... Whatever I'm about to splice in my bushy ribbon burner flame first, warm it up slowly for a second... Then put it directly in my my crossfire heat. Then oh, I it never cracks. Then because sometimes you get that little like chip that comes off your splice edge because there was yeah. stress there, and you're like, now I have an irregular thing. Do I just go
0: for it? <laughs> um, so that that's kind of cuts cuts down on that. Um, I usually just take a second and put it in just like near it and slowly mm-hmm. heat it near Th- my. Cabinet. That's basically that's the same thing. After warming the
1: ends in a blowpipe flame, is adjusted to give an intermediate flame. Now place the ends in the hottest zone and spinning the glass in the right hand continuously and in the left hand as forward and as far backward over the fingertips as may be possible, allowing the glass to become uniformly heated on the two rims to the extent of one eighth of an inch. Without causing the tubes to close up too much, remove the glass from the fire, steady the hands, then lightly contact the pieces. So this is telling you to actually do do the splice out of the fire, to actually mm, put put it together out of the fire. Slightly stretch mm. to prevent the formation of a ring of thickened glass in the tube, and lightly puff into a bubble with the glass held vertically to the mouth. Before you had a blow hose, that's so crazy.
0: <laughs> you how
1: could you keep it straight? Fascinating, yeah. The bubble is immediately re-immersed in the flame and steadily rotated, allowing the metal to gather. Assist the process by slight pressure of the hands. Remove the tube again from the fire, still maintaining the rotation by the left hand and conveying it in a vertical manner to the mouth. Give the slight puff at the tube and at the same time a downward thrust by the right hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. I like the emphasis you put there.
1: I mean, obviously a lot of this stuff is something we wouldn't do we would use a blow hose and we would you know but but the importance of not doing everything in the fire and coming out of the fire and not feeling like stuck in and like you can go in and out you can like yeah. I've kind of gotten <laughs> really comfortable with if my bend didn't quite go as far as I wanted to without stressing it out I'll throw it back in, in the flame and, and just heat up that little extra bit of glass that I needed um yeah and it's I not, feel like that's you, something
0: you've always said. Is like neon is just learning heat management, really. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. That's my splice tip. Well, is that how you splice then?
1: I splice in Do a you crossfire. You it like that. I, yeah, I cross. I splice in a crossfire. Um, everything.
0: I mean, same. I actually, yeah. I I uh I only weld. I almost ex- like only weld in it. I hardly ever use a hand torch. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you gather that much glass and pull it out? Yeah, and do that? Yeah. I may, I may need to play around with that because I don't I let it get I don't make it quite as hot, but mm, maybe I need to think about it a little more. But what you what you find before. is that
1: you get a much smoother, like almost invisible seam. If you if you you heat up that much material and then you puff it out and then you bring it back down again with the stretch pull.
0: With, right but
1: like doing that without thinning the walls too much you then right. you then create like this perfect like you can't even run like a razor blade over it and feel anything kind of like
0: yeah and that's what you know is ideal right amazing that's cool
1: yeah it's definitely not something I've perfected yet but I am working on more gathering stuff and and uh, when Morgan came to visit my shop a couple months ago uh he was helping me out with new techniques for 13 millimeter and it's all about gathering mm. mm-hmm. it's all about managing a gathered massive tube <laughs> and not letting it yeah. close in on itself and it looks like it's going to and then puffing it out and then it looks okay and it's so much more tricky visually than the small millimeter yeah.
0: i feel like our friend cameron Klo in canada is like slow clapping for us right now when i visited his shop oh my goodness forever ago now (laughs) but he was like all about the gather he's like like literally he posted a photo on Instagram this week that was like this tube just fell off the table gather people gather your glass I feel like like we have a team we have a team gather listening hopefully I'm listening (laughs) telepathically Cameron I promise yeah yeah and I will know if you listen to this episode because we mentioned you All right, so I
1: since we're you did a quote I'm gonna do my quote from my, my let's uh and things on a ooey gooey, yeah, positive note.
0: I like positivity <laughs> when when it is genuine. <laughs> genuine is the word I'm looking for.
1: So this quote was I don't it doesn't have any I don't I've Googled it many times I can't find it on the Google and um, it has no credit but it was given to me as a piece of paper by my professor Ken Bova at ECU as in my jewelry department I took a class in graduate school it was called seminar and it was should have just been called argue about what art is for an hour <laughs> um which was great it was a great class i really enjoyed it when ken taught it so um it was great but he handed he had so many handouts so many uh, really great handouts and books books that we had to read um, but this was one of them, and I've, I've always kept it like in this little pocket of my, of my binder that I like, carry around all the time. And Aww,
0: so here it is. It's special.
1: Becoming an artist is a lifetime process. It begins mm. with the way you see things. Then you want to express what you see and feel. You try something, explore it, change it, rework it, destroy it, and start it again. Each time you discover something new about yourself. Becoming an artist doesn't stop with time or circumstance, job or age. It may earn you a lot of money or none at all. Its real value is to yourself, a way of life. But it is not a life for everyone. Those who choose it find the highs can be very high, just as the lows can be very low. But one thing is certain, life is never boring. And the best part is that your whole life is spent in becoming. So you can always look forward to change.
0: Huh. Yeah. It's so perfect. Yeah. It yeah.
1: C- it's very similar to yours. It's just a little, there's just a little yeah. different at the end
0: there. Um, yeah, mine is like grit, and yours is like, you've chosen a terrific path. It's not for everyone. No. <laughs> it sure isn't. Um, yeah. No, I love that, though. It's yeah. so true. Like, I feel like, really, when we have a high, it's just like through the roof to the sky, and the lows are so low. Like, yeah. Especially when you're alone in your shop bleeding and burned and you have a deadline or something. Yeah. It's like, Mm -hmm. so this is what the bottom feels like. Yeah.
1: Yep. (laughs) And there's just not a hole that you can crawl into. (laughs) You have to keep bending.
0: Uh, The only only consolation is you. I call you when I'm like either finished crying or on the verge (laughs) of crying. And I'm like, DJ, this glass is being mean to me.
1: My favorite, A- my favorite Allison remark is like, okay, DJ, what do you want from me? Do you need me to listen? Do you need me to help you come up with solutions to this? Like, you're just always so tactical with your, your help. It's great because I'm always just like, well, um, let's talk about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like, it's the worst when someone is in a crisis and all the other person is trying to do is, like, solve the problem. Because, like, you already know the problem. Like, right. you, you're yeah. feeling feelings. And sometimes you just need a spot to feel those feelings. And yes, not everyone knows how to flip in and out of those states. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm here for you. When your emotions are direct-
1: directly related to, like, electrical wiring... <laughs>
0: oh my god that's so perfect that is like the most okay we have to collaborate and make this a real thing like (laughs) makeup it's a problem art is being made right here friends yeah collaborations well we hope that some of these excerpts were helpful we wanted to share a few that we like and we also know that mentorship can be hard to find in person so do what you can with the budget you've got. Get as many of these books as you possibly can. And I recommend reading them. And the DVDs. <laughs> and I I also recommend just give your local benders some grace and patience. They're, it's hard to describe the amount of labor and love that it, that goes into an apprenticeship experience. And the bandwidth to do it is kind of hard. So find someone that is a good friend vibe for you. And just be patient with them. And when they can teach you, take those moments as they come. But in the meantime, educate yourself so that when you learn, you can take it and actually do something with it. That's, how, that's another way you can prove yourself to a bender that you really want to learn and make this happen. Yep. Anything else you want to add to that, DJ?
1: So if you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If you're sticking with us, thank you for listening to us banter without a guest this episode. We appreciate it. And next episode, we are very pleased to announce that we'll have Shauna Peterson here on the podcast talking about all things Neon. She is Peterson Neon uh, in Oakland, California, and has been doing this for a long time. And I'm very excited to pick her brain, talk about art, talk about all the stuff we have never met in person but we've been on a few of a zoom call and she's delightful
0: uh, i have had the pleasure of meeting her in person and she's delightful online and in person i can confirm
1: that <laughs> that's good confirmed not yeah. a robot great not a- awesome <laughs> good <Yep>. great <laughs> also we gotta plug our sponsor ventex thank you yes. so much ventex For the GTO, for the Transformers, for still existing and selling products that we can use to make stuff. Thank you so much. We love you. Yes, we love all those products. We are definitely powered by Ventex over here. Also, we now have a Patreon. So if you're enjoying these fun-filled hours with Allison and I and other people, wouldn't you (laughs) possibly like to buy us a coffee or some wine, perhaps, uh, to keep us going? Because the editing is hard y'all
0: it's really hard it's not easy (laughs) help us raise a little bit of funds to uh help dj with the editing she is an editing rock star and as i mentioned at the beginning of this episode i'd really like to stop ruining her life so help me with that i will be really grateful (laughs) yay
1: yay so yeah we have a we have a patreon now and we would also love it. If you if you can't give, if times are tough, this shit is all really weird right now. We're totally still in it. a
0: pandemic. It's still happening. Still in a pandemic.
1: Just give us a little review on whatever Please. whatever you're listening to, whatever apparatus yep. you may be listening to us on. Really appreciate it. That would be great. Um, it would mean the world to us. Like we it. would love the feedback.
0: S- subscribe. Share it. We'd be really grateful. Do all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do all,
1: all the Push all the buttons. And uh, thank you for listening. in the neon library